0: Four months after I was out, I was back into the fantasy bag. My first date was an absolute disaster. It wasn't her fault, you know, and I didn't blame her even then. I'm saying it was a terrible tragedy, but boy, it was it! Boy, she didn't ever talk to me again. It was awful. It wasn't sexual or grabbing at her or nothing. I was just such a dork, taking her to a John Wayne movie and uh, Denny's. It's terrible. I'd never been on a date. 16, that was cool, you know. I'd never been on a date, you know. I was locked up since I was 15, but I can't tell her that. Oh gee, don't mind me, you know, she kinda got hung up on my looks or whatever, you know, she's a gorgeous young lady, pure class, and she saw something there that I guess wasn't there, and boy, she found out quick.
1: Since I've been at work, you know what I've been doing? Catching up on podcasts. Me too.
0: I've been playing MDA two K, and guess what? You don't need goddamn <laughs> sound for that game after you've heard the dialogues once. So it's just
1: like podcasts all day long. Dude, I went back and listened to a bunch of old AFEs. Mmm. Oh my god. Mm. They've been great. Like, They've been great. Dude, I forgot how much they wild out on those old episodes.
0: <sighs> those are the best.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the every podcast's, like, beginning episodes are
0: the best because they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They say whatever about <laughs> yeah. whoever because they, they think there's no possible way they'll ever interact with that Dude. person.
1: Yeah, like, because I went back and listened to the Taco Bell items AFV. <laughs> Dude, the vitriol and hatred that Bory throws at Sean Jordan for taking Bean Burrito, no onions, <sighs> with his first pick, I'm like, holy fuck, dude!
0: That's not a first overall pick. <laughs> no, though. it's Bean not. Burritos, no onions from Taco like, Bell you, you is not a number that, one overall. You can
1: get that last.
0: Wait, do you, yeah.
2: do, does it come with? Does it come standard with onions, and yes. you have to yes. request it? Yes. Okay, yep. all right. And Sean I mean,
0: Jordan said, "Bean Burritos, no onions." Number had, one overall pick. Yeah. Of the Taco Bell menu item all fantasy
1: everything draft. I love Sean Jordan, but that was a dumb fuck pick. That's dope. You that's t- dopey. Uh, you take the cheesy Gordita Crunch number that's one. That's what you would have chose? Oh fuck yeah.
0: I'm going quesarito. but that's Really,
1: I
2: would have right. chose Crunch Wrap Supreme.
1: Oh, but
0: that's
2: just me. Yeah. No lettuce.
1: A- I need no lettuce. No lettuce? Yeah, I've still- never been a fan of the Crunch Wrap. I don't understand the hype around it. They're they they're always cold. They're always <laughs> cold, and there's
0: always way more lettuce than there is meat. There's like a little pocket of hamburger, and that's about oh, all you get. I
1: will say, though, the uh, shredded chicken quesadilla milk for a dollar. Oh, yeah. That thing, that's some straight fire. Yeah, because
0: it has the quesadilla sauce on there, too, yeah. and that's that, what makes it. You fucking. know
2: what fucked me up about Taco Bell chicken is... Twice I found little bones oh, in the chicken. I've never found bones in there. And it's yeah. fuck, never. when I when that happens, it just fucks me up. I can't eat oh, it. Oh yeah,
0: it's like when I get gristle on a Mc, on a McChicken. Uh, oh that that kills like the that. whole meal for me. I yeah. hate it. Back in the day, Nuggets that. used to have them all the time, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Well, throwing away these Nuggets." Yep. <laughs> I need no McDonald's gristle. McDonald's nuggets.
1: nuggets just aren't as good as they used no. to be. It's all no. about Wendy's, man.
0: We need to get pink slime back on the menu. Fuck yes. Pink slime. You don't remember the pink slime
1: debacle? Uh Uh-uh. Well, that was all a lie. That's hot dogs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but they were trying to say it was everything. (laughs) They were like, chicken nuggets are made out of this pink slime. You remember
1: that weird bubble gum that came in a tube that just dissolved in your mouth and you couldn't chew? Yeah, I remember that. Pink slime. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Hey... It was They had some cool candy back in the day. I feel like they, they don't really do that did.
0: anymore. Well, like wax lips? Yeah. You want to <laughs> eat some wax?
2: <laughs> or the the little, the little uh, soda bottles. What well, are the beer barrels.
0: wax They still make those.
1: No, the, no, no, no. the wax bottles. And they oh, had a little juice in them.
0: Wasn't that oh, juice? Oh, was delicious. No oh.
2: Yeah, but what was the point? The wax, you I just mean, that, have to throw it away. That's a real 50s ass candy. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. When they thought wax was a candy. What yeah. was the
2: other one? Boston baked
0: beans? You can still get those at any store. I mean, Boston baked beans are pretty good. What uh, is it, like peanuts with a candy shell? Yeah.
2: Yeah. How about, uh, are you guys fans of circus peanuts? Circus no.
1: peanuts can go to the
2: deepest <laughs> ring of no. hell and
1: die. My dad loves them. I don't know why. Uh. It's like sh- it's like chewing marshmallow flavored styrofoam. It's really not. <laughs> I, re- I remember. My dad was born in 1960.
2: Oh! I I remember. Uh, Bianca had never tried them, oh. and Shayna had went out and specifically got them at Menards because it's like the only place yep. you can fucking buy Sleep old candy. And you eat it, and it's like eating a mixture of like plaster and styrofoam oh, with like... a pint of marshmallow. <clears throat> yes, yeah, just a, it's. And, and I, we ate just, it, and we're just like, ugh. But then I kept eating them, and I'm like, okay, i got to stop eating them. <laughs> <I mean, laughs>
1: and the color of them. Like, yeah. Why are they orange? I, I like pastel orange, but they're pastel blaze orange, and it's just <laughs> the most off-putting thing.
0: To circle back around, Cody, hmm. you did that with another thing called Quick Trip Breakfast Pizza. I did. Fuck you God. got it for the first time. You said, this is fucking gross <laughs> and then the next day you got it and then every day you got it
2: now it's literally the only
0: pizza i like that's insanity that's and insanity that dumpy quick star next to work doesn't ever serve them never never it's just never and they don't have the chicken fryer it's the no. worst quick trip oh. of all time
2: i i literally get string cheese carrots sometimes a Fig Newton bar, and then a tea, and I'm out of there. They shut off my
0: Quick Trip account. I lost 200 visits. I don't know what happened. I've called them several times. Is Okay, does their
2: card actually do something? I always feel like they might be kind of like uh, Walgreens, where you're
0: getting points, but you don't know what they do. Well, the visits can be used. Every time you get 15 (laughs) Uh visits, you get a reward. Every time you go to the store 15 times, now that's either... Like a free sandwich or a free pop or a free coffee or donut or whatever. But what I do (laughs) is I use all my visits to enter the quick trip sweepstakes I put in for... The snowmobiles, Mm. I put in for the snowblower, I put in for Viking sweet tickets, (laughs) wild sweet tickets, that kind of stuff. What
2: the hell would you do with the snowmobile? I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. We don't get enough snow around here anyway. I'd have to go to like fucking Michigan. (laughs) you sell it to Brad. Yeah, to cover the taxes. I'd still end up losing (laughs) money on it somehow. Uh, Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast that has survived coronavirus. Mm -hmm. We're the only one left. Who's going to be about this week? Well, we all know it's Edmund yes, Kemper 2, yes, yes, so yes. guess what? My whole intro's f- <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> uh, uh, My name is Adam, sitting across from me, as always, is Cody. Hello. Hello. How was uh, your week?
2: Uh, it, it was good, because I found out I have been demoted to part-time right now. Part-time! So 20 hours a week, I'm not complaining. No. Uh, I know there's a lot of people probably... Uh, have Lost their jobs, and we feel bad for them, obviously. But uh, this might be a nice little vacation from work, that's for what me. I'm
0: saying. Just let yourself yeah. enjoy it, don't worry about it.
2: No, no, it's uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly fine.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I can't say for certain the world's gonna recover, but I'm pretty sure it will be fine, and yeah. And who, and if it does, that's great. And if it doesn't, I is <laughs> not gonna be on my list of concerns no. ever.
2: It was funny, I saw a meme today where it was, like, an asteroid blowing the Earth apart, and there's an astronaut on Mars who's like, no, what about the economy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw another version of that where it was a T-Rex pointing at it, and he was uh-huh. like,
3: the economy!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so
1: true, though. Yeah. It's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: dead people but what about the economy come on we're
0: facing an extermination level pandemic but the economy (laughs) Uh, also sitting across from me is jordan jordan hello hello your last week of unemployment was this one yes you returned to work monday thank fucking god the city contracts are finally being picked up and allowed to be worked on again (laughs)
1: yes they're Pushing the building permits through, so Here I can go. go and set some panels and pour some walls. Set and... some panels. Pour a do, wall.
2: Does your work, like, I would assume they make you keep a certain distance from your coworkers, um, right?
1: We stay as far away from each other as we can. Okay. Right. So, would, I when just... we're setting panels, you know, because you have to set one on each side of the yeah. wall. Yeah. You do that as a team, because, you know, you got to put wall ties and shit on. So, it's a two-man operation. So, it's like, okay... The way I was doing it before the temporary layoff with my partners is I'd be like, all right, you stand over there, I'm going to set my panel, all right, mine's on, you get yours, and I usually got stuck with one new guy Well, for Fucking a while. Fucking newbie. <laughs> so I, it would basically wind up being me putting his panel on as well. Oh, double yeah. panel.
0: Well, that's not very
1: nice of him. That sounds like Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's a nice dude, but... Listen. He's, what's his name? Eduardo. I'm, no, I, I'm not throwing names out there because I get sure close, I have to one him. or There's two. Bob the Builder. Oh, it's Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder.
0: Can he fix it? Not this one. I
2: does he do anything besides order animals to do the
0: work? Animals. Does, all of his construction equipment is alive. Oh, is it? Is yeah. That the, I thought he had animals. No. Nah, all his like bulldozers, a guy. His fucking <laughs> hammers, a guy. Everything's a guy.
2: You know what? I saw a horror movie on uh, one of the string maps called Couch, or wow. Chair, or Sofa, or something. It's about a killer couch. Well, sounds like somebody's trying
0: out. to cash in on that rubber fame. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like a better version of Pee-wee's
0: Funhouse. All right. Well, oh, Cody, murder. you wanted to keep this to eight minutes. We're yes. at 10.20,
1: so oh, take away. We're good at this. <laughs> man, t- man, time just flies here. You're Tom. welcome, Facebook reviewer. <laughs> okay.
2: There's something I wanted to, uh, before we jump in here, kind of uh, talk about. So... I watched the Ed Kemper documentaries and the kind of bullshit Kemper on Kemper oxygen show. Mm -hmm. Now, I've came to the conclusion, so keep this in mind. The book and his initial confessions are from right when he gets arrested, right? Right. And the other videos a lot of people have seen are from 1984 or 5, so 10 years after he was arrested. And then there's even more. Video is about four years after that, and I've came to the conclusion that this man is making himself seem more badass or killerish or whatever right. than
0: he actually was. So you think he's self-aggrandizing quite a oh, bit? Oh yes, I like peacocking.
2: Yes, I like I said, I will uh, kind of mention those points, but I think he kind of is stepping into the like. The, uh, I don't know, what... Folk
0: hero kind of thing? I like gold. I don't know, like the scary man thing. The big thing. bad boogeyman. Like,
2: you remember, you, we've heard Dahmer, when he was in prison, he was like, oh, I'll eat you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was just a coward who would kill people when they're passed out or whatever. Yes. So, I think he's doing this... He loves fame and stuff, Sure. So obviously. He loves infamy. That's, you know, that's for sure. You know, uh, John uh, Douglas was on the Oxygen Mind show. Hunter, right? Yep, yep. And I'm like, okay, this guy... Even he is telling bullshit stories yeah. to make it to grandize himself. That so guy's kind of a prick. He is. He he yeah. fucking loves him. I've heard the other guy's the one who did all the work.
0: The the, he, the Robert
2: the, Rustler. Yeah, and he just kind of like took took the fucking glory from. Him. <sighs> what but a Melvin. He, but where that all started was uh, I I saw a video. Remember the basement thing where he mm. his mom forced him to live down there. Now, in an interview. From, I think, the late 80s, Edmund claimed that there was zero lights down there. What? Except for the furnace light, and he was sitting staring oh, at it. The pilot light. Yes, and he oh. claims, okay, we're air quoting here, that uh, he would he made a deal with the devil uh-huh, while staring uh-huh, in the flames. Uh-huh. So, does that not sound a little <sighs> grandizing of his of course. type? That doesn't so. sound
1: like an abused child having... A mental breakdown? No, no, no.
2: I'm just saying, the light thing's not a big deal, but he yeah. claims this is like when he saw the devil or some yeah. more shit like that. Yeah, he appeared in the
0: flames yeah, and so... told me I must cut off Coed's <laughs> heads We'll. Uh, I'll bring... bury them in my front yard.
2: <laughs> I'll bring up his things. It'll be more on episode three. There'll be one part of it in this one. we're not quite getting to the murders yet, so
0: now when you said now when you said update about basement light, I mm. thought you were referring to I've heard this weird buzzing for the past three weeks, and I thought maybe like one of our wires was touching the same <laughs> piece of uh what's that shit called A floorboard no wiring. Conduit? Conduit. Conduit. I thought like a wire was touching it, making that noise. I don't hear that buzzing, do you? Uh, no. I've learned because I record with <clears throat> Phil over there. I'm pretty sure it's the headphones.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> I've had it in my headphones. I just didn't say anything because I didn't, didn't want to be a blowhard. We we got to get
0: all, all... Jordan, say something if you hear a buzzing uh-huh. from here on out.
2: Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, let's pick up. We're basically picking up Ed's living with his grandparents right now, and that's... Basically right where we're picking up. So, um, Ed's murderous fantasies were beginning to reach a boiling point. He had reached the breaking point in his mind with his grandmother, and they were about to lead to a very violent ending.
1: His grandma's going to kick the shit out of him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That probably would have been a better ending than yeah. the story of it. Grandma beat my ass. <laughs> and now I learned a lesson, and I'm not going to kill anybody. <laughs> the date was August 27th, 1964. It was a hot, dry day on the Elder Kemper's homestead. Ed and his grandmother were working on correcting her proofs for her latest children's book. It's oh, hmm. that's pretty that's nice. Uh, Maud Kemper then took notice that Ed was doing his signature creepy stare again and told him to stop that shit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this will come as no surprise, but Ed hated when she called him out for doing this so ed got up grabbed his 22 rifle and proclaimed uh he was gonna do a little rabbit hunting elmer fudd style all right, all right. it's wabbit
0: season <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> what did he? okay was elmer fudd a thing in 64
0: oh yeah Ooh, yeah, yeah. He, was he?
1: <laughs> he probably started in like the 40s yeah
0: he fought the japanese ah did he those yeah. were his original rabbits yep. Yep. Okay. except they didn't say japanese <laughs> they said
2: something else <laughs> yeah so anyway maude told ed
1: all right, but mind you, don't shoot the birds. <laughs> oh, they they sp- hate it. Oh, is this? Why do they like birds so much? Well, they're old people. They've probably got bird feeders, and they sit you know, in the breakfast nook looking out the window just like, Oh, there's a blue <laughs> jay.
2: I will say this. My father is approaching 60 years old, and he's very proud of this rare bird he has lured onto his property and now lays a nest there. What I is it? I there, don't know. There's wow. a
1: snorkeling ostrich. Wow, get it,
2: uh, Ed, figure that out for next week (laughs) Okay, so anyway, this was all it took for Ed Zapples to kick in, and that oh-so-familiar urge he had felt when killing cats earlier in his life. Ed, at this point, was just outside the door, but he could see his grandmother was facing away from him still through the screen. Being roughly about 18 inches from the screen door, he took aim with his rifle and fired striking his grandmother directly in the back of the head. With, Shit. Yeah, whether she was dead or not
1: at this point, even with a 22, I'm going to say she was probably dead.
2: I left out some of the details of him saying like blood was pouring out of her head after he shot her, but You
1: said this was going to be the conclusive Ed Kempers.
2: Well, there's certain things that I felt might be a little extreme even for this show. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the sexual things mostly, but yeah. anyway, uh, he didn't know if she was dead yet, but he fired two more shots in her back. Okay. Uh, Ed recalled later that what a his dick. I, oh yeah. Ed recalled later that his dog whimpered and ran off into the bushes after the shooting. Smart dog. Uh, after his grandma uh, grandmother was dead, Ed, Ed grabbed a towel wrapped it around her head to sop up the blood, and proceeded to drag her body into her bedroom. Within minutes of doing this, he heard the sounds of his grandfather's car coming up the hill, and he parked right in front of the garage. In a panic, Ed watched as his grandfather began to unload groceries for a minute before he took his rifle and shot him in the back of the head as well. Fuck. Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, in, in Ed's mind, he was certain that the neighbors had to have heard the gunshots, so he then drug his grandfather's body into the garage, grabbed the garden hose, and began to wash all the blood away. D- to where? Just into the earth.
0: Okay. He just so he's washed Just wash like, it off into there. earth. Just washing all the blood out of his body? I, can t- I mean, it's probably
1: a dirt driveway, so... Look, uh. I can
2: tell you from growing up on a farm... If you like wash a car or something, you have soap spuds, you spray them, they're just gone instantly. Just sure. goes into the earth.
0: Sure. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. No, so no earth harm, reclaims. no foul. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. No evidence, no sm evidence.
2: Now, in Ed's mind, if the neighbors did pull up, he could just say that his grandparents weren't home. But he knew that sooner or later, his grandparents were going to be missed. So, with no other options, he decided. I'll call my mother and Helena ask and ask for help.
1: Oh God, because she
0: loves him so much.
1: He's her dear baby. Boy. I, 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 bet he's,
0: I bet he gets off on it. I bet he's kind of like, ooh, I'm gonna tell her I just killed. Grandpa, Grandpa. Gram- uh. No, no,
2: he killed his dad's parents. Right, so. right,
0: because his mom's parents were a hard charging bunch, mm, weren't they? I
2: don't know if they're still alive or not. They've never mentioned at all. Huh. all. I don't
0: right. know. Here we go. Anyway, he told her, Grandma's dead, and so is Grandpa. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine getting that call? Yeah, Grandma and Grandpa are dead. No, what,
1: what happened,
2: Ed? <laughs> what, Ed?
1: <laughs> I know, I was just out playing around like the happy young child I am, and then I came back in and they were both shot dead. A couple brutal heart attacks. Got,
2: yeah, I think it was a double suicide, man.
1: <laughs> no, real real bad brain aneurysms, it looks yeah. like. Ooh. So at first, Ed was
2: using the excuse that the gun simply had a hair trigger and had just accidentally went off, <laughs> but his mother knew pretty quickly that it was exceedingly unlikely <laughs> that the gun accidentally going off would have managed to shoot two people. In the back of the head. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's probably Blame, the Oh cheap-
1: no, it killed grandpa <laughs> Or grandma. Grandma, grandma. Goes, oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this
0: thing won't stop misfiring.
2: <laughs> That is an Elmer Fudd moment, though.
0: (laughs) Except the only consequence there is Daffy Duck gets his beak blown (laughs) to the other side of his head, and he just straightens it out.
2: He probably deserves it. He's kind of an asshole. Daffy Duck's an asshole. So is Bugs Bunny. He is. They are. Yeah. So Ed decided to just confide in his mother what actually had happened, and Clarnell told him he should just call the police. So Ed then called the madera county sheriff's office and they came out and he was promptly arrested and he's what 13 at this point uh 15
0: okay geez that's a lot older than i thought he was
2: i mean yeah he he's still a young person technically <sighs> yeah so when the police were questioning him and got to the point of asking him why did you kill your grandparents ed ed said
0: i just wondered how it would feel to shoot grandma Ooh,
2: okay Ed. yeah eddie So, he told them that he had fantasies about killing his grandma for quite some time now, but as far as his grandpa goes, he was adamant that he was just an incidental victim. He was
0: just going to the market to get groceries. Like, he knew he was coming back.
2: Maybe he bought a generic version cheese or something, and I didn't like that. It mean, just bought,
1: doesn't melt right. He bought did, Tutti Frutti's instead of fruit Loops. <laughs> oh, I told you I want go. Oreo O's. I love those Oreo
0: O's <laughs> so much.
1: I wanted Oreos, not chocolate cremes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's worth a murder. I'm sorry. Yes, those things yes. are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ed had two reasons for killing his grandpa. Firstly, he thought that if his grandpa had stumbled upon the body of his wife, he most likely would have had a heart attack or... Ed said he thought if his grandpa saw that Ed had killed his wife, he would become very angry and either beat him up with his fists or grab his forty five and blow Ed away. <laughs> Yeah. Basically, Ed's rationale was that this was simply
0: a mercy killing. Well, you made a lot of assumptions about yeah, how he I, was going to yeah. react to this, Eddie. I
2: don't get it. What is his grandpa going to see it and, like, he's going to eat a can of spinach, hulk up, and just beat uh, the shit out of uh, Ed? Like, I, you're I
0: a 15-year-old 7-foot monster, Ed. Yeah. I won't hear it from you. What? What? I can't remember. How old was his
2: grandpa? He was, I think he was in his 80s, high 80s. Uh,
0: that's basically I, an infirm. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's
2: not going to Beat the shit out of. Maybe he'll beat the shit out of fifteen-year-old. You, you
1: never underestimate that old man's strength. <laughs> that is true. You, even when they're like eighty. I he's mean, a lifetime man, of work is going to build old man your body. And he's a farmer. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Oh he's yeah. Tough. Yeah. No, you don't want to fuck with that dude.
2: <laughs> so the local newspaper carried the headline:
1: Northfolk boy, fifteen, mad at the world. Kills grandparents.
2: <laughs> if only they knew it's much deeper than that. <laughs> it's not just
0: the world, my friend.
1: Now, during the
2: trial, I can only assume due to his age and the reason for the slangs, they declared Ed had to be a paranoid schizophrenic. He was then remanded by the California Youth Authority and sent to the Atascadero State Hospital to restri- uh, receive treatment. Now, that sounds familiar. Yes, it is from. Uh, we covered Carol Edward Cole. This is where he went. Remember when he was like telling him he had all these urges? This oh. is where he went. Oh. He had the uh, uh, the sexual urges and all that. This is where he went to try to get help before he tried to before he committed his first murder. So. Yeah, he was
0: a creep.
2: He was a creep. A lot of people like that saga though. That's a good one. That I like is. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, an interesting thing is that while the court had decided. He was a paranoid schizophrenic. When the social workers and medical staff studied Ed over the span of three weeks, some of them seemed to disagree with the court's assessment.
1: (laughs) Uh, One report uh, said that Ed showed... No flight of ideas, no interference with thought, no expression of delusions or hallucinations, and no evidence of bizarre thinking.
2: Okay, he definitely has bizarre thinking. We know that for sure, but... The the examples, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. expressions of delusions and hallucinations. I mean, I don't know. He, I don't
1: think he, he had. He talked that. to Satan in the pilot light.
2: Well, he said that like twenty plus years after he killed all those people, so he's probably just making it up. You and know this I'm was saying?
0: before, like you know, they they just thought they were spree killers back then. Yeah, right?
2: basically, they don't they don't really have the serial killer thing or whatever. Right. So <laughs> they believed he had. Poor ego strength. I don't know what the hell that is. (laughs) A fear of personal injury by the other boys and suffered from passivity. Okay. I think that's what every person in Minnesota suffers from. Yeah,
0: well, passive aggressivity. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ed, officially, Ed suffered from
1: personality trait disturbance. Passive-aggressive type. Yes. That is every <laughs> citizen go. of Minnesota, there. right there. If he would have just come here, he would have been fine. <laughs>
0: yes, he would have fit right in. <laughs> he would have had a bunch of friends. He would have worked to retirement. Ooh,
2: I can't wait till we get to the end of this episode. He's going to have an expression that fits in perfectly with Minnesota. I'll tell you that. Is it it's oops. Oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> now, the people at the hospital were fairly certain that the murder of his grandfather was premeditated, simply based on the complete lack of logic in Ed's stories about murdering him. Uh, Ed claimed, might
1: see him and get mad, so I killed him.
2: <laughs> but that is what happened. <laughs> Ed claimed as well that after murdering his grandparents, he he had certainly considered committing suicide, but decided it would
0: be rude to leave this mess for others c- to clean up. OK, he
1: left two other messes for others. He to washed clean the blood up. away.
2: But he said if it was three people, then... That's then be, just too yeah. much. That's
1: just
0: rude. That's an unlucky
1: he's just number. Get,
2: he's just got, like, excuses coming from fucking everywhere.
0: Because he was... As much as suicide is not a brave thing to do, no. in his case, it would have been. Yes. He would have been a hero if he would have killed himself right there. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. So, on December 6th, 1964, just before Ed's 16th birthday, he would officially enter... The Atascadero State Hospital, which later in life would say was one of the best times he had ever had in his life. Wow. He, he literally um, said he felt like he was kind of born here. Wow. Like it was like a new life for him. So I guess it kind of makes sense why later... He likes prison. Sure. I mean,
0: if one of the greatest times your life is a state hospital, (laughs) you're not, I mean, you're going to like prison. (laughs) We're going to learn this is probably
2: the place he shouldn't be. Uh, So anyway, one of the biggest reasons uh, that he liked this hospital so much was he claimed it was the first time in his life Adults seemed to treat him with respect, and as sad as it sounds, he claimed that they actually treated him like a human being.
1: I feel like his grandpa did that. I Yeah, yeah. His, his grandpa did, yeah. and his, his
2: dad came. Kind of well,
0: his dad was a flighty piece of shit
1: too. Yeah,
2: but I mean, it seems like his sisters uh, and his mother and grandmother just weren't very nice to him. Any so. woman in his life, yeah, which uh,
0: which goes to explain a few things it, later on. It's weird
2: because I always feel like with Ed, you kind of feel bad for him, but then you remember what he does, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, is he just putting on a facade or what? You know what I'm saying? I know. So because
0: he looks like just such a big dope, but it's like <laughs> yeah. like a big dope, yeah. but it's like. He He's a cold-hearted oh, yes. fucking murderer.
2: That's why I'm saying, too, if you watch, you read his initial confessions and then uh, look at his confessions, he always wants you to feel bad for him. Yeah, it's so, that sympathy
0: garnering. Yeah. That's what he, he learned it. in the first episode is if he, if he played that up a little bit, then mm. people would fall for it mm. and love it.
2: So, an interesting thing about Atascadero State Hospital around this time was that it was filled mo- mostly with child molesters, rapists, and other types of sexual deviants. All the good people in society. <laughs> yeah. So, what is kind of weird, they decided to send Ed here when he had nothing sexual attached to his murders, <laughs> not that they know of anyway. But uh, soon enough, we will learn what Ed would learn from being surrounded by sex offenders
1: throughout his teenage years. I'm guessing how to touch a grown man. Uh,
2: <laughs> we do have some of those stories coming up shortly, Chardon. <laughs> Uh In the beginning of his stay at the hospital, he was put through the usual battery of tests, such as the Minnesota Woo! Mul- <laughs> Multiphasic Personality Inventory and the uh, Bender Hergaz gestalt test i think that's yeah what they're yeah. just perfect yeah, sure i think the Bender Gestalt test uh gestalt is a uh the psychopath test i ah. believe that's what it is well i've heard of the mmpi before oh yeah i've heard of that i think they still use it i'm pretty certain <laughs> so anyway i think it's just uh to kind of do you think what do you think you would come up with if you took it for yourself would you be normal? I don't know. Passive. I don't know. I, I feel hope. like would we all be passive-aggressive types?
0: Maybe. <laughs> I, I hope I'd be
2: normal, but I don't know. I'm sure. We, maybe that will be us. Let's uh, give it a shot. we got to find that how to do it and do it for a uh, Bumbles or something. Or like like check a, our Patreon. Patreon. Exactly. Yeah, there we
3: go.
2: <laughs> now, because Ed was a very intelligent young man, he was able to identify the strengths and weaknesses of these tests, and would later use this knowledge to manipulate the test uh, to his advantage. Yeah. But make no mistake, it does appear the psychological tests and the help of psychologists were able to help Ed identify what his problems actually were. Mm. Ed said this about the murders.
0: I found out that I really killed my grandmother because I wanted to kill my mother. And my grandmother was worse than my mother. I had this love-hate complex with my mother that was very hard for me to handle. And I was very withdrawn from reality because of it. I couldn't handle the hate, and the love was actually forced upon me, you know. It was a very strong family tie type of love.
2: So, why this quote is, is important is because... He knows exactly what his driving force for his problems are. This entire time he mm. goes on the killing spree. Mm. So
0: he knows it's mama.
2: Oh yeah. What's her name? Clarnet. Clarnell. Clarnell. Clarnet is like the uh, classier
1: version. Yeah. Like Clarnell
2: yes. works at Great Clips. Clarnet uh, might work at Fantastic Sam. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna <laughs> say Aveda. I,
1: that's what I was just gonna say too. Clarnell <laughs> 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 so, went to. Uh, <laughs> Oh god Minnesota School of Cosmetology and then clarinet went to Aveda schools <laughs> that's right
2: <laughs> So either way with Ed gaining a positive favor around the hospital they assigned him tasks to perform a doctor Vanisek mm, who sounds like a hockey player. <laughs> do you think he could be? T- what is his Tom first name Tom Vanasek. Tom Vanasek. It's Stecker. gonna be Tom. He's got one goal and one assist tonight. <laughs> He's tearing totally it up damn, on the ice. Two points on night.
0: <laughs> Not bad so, for a rookie.
2: <laughs> anyway, he was treating Ed and he said
1: this. He worked in the psych Tell us about his Zoidberg. <laughs> he worked in the psychology laboratory testing patients serving as a crew leader and giving the mmpi and other tests he administered a test that included a hostility scale and helped to score it he was a very good worker and this is not typical of a sociopath Mm. he really took pride in his work now a sociopath would have been more likely to use his performance to achieve other ends.
2: Mm. Now, fellas, in hindsight, hindsight, we're pretty sure he is a sociopath or a psychopath. Yes, one of the two. I'd
1: I'd be going more psychopath. (laughs) This guy's an asshole. I think.
2: I've always been confused by a sociopath and a psychopath because it seems like they're both... Very dangerous, yeah. Like well, they,
0: sociopaths serve themselves, right? Aren't they usually narcissistic? Yeah, they? that's yeah. what I was gonna say. I'm... They have no feelings for anyone but themselves, mm,
2: but they still get pleasure out of like hurting
0: people and yeah, stuff, right? Yes. So, eh, it doesn't matter. Either way, Ed said this about his work I broke my butt, I was the <laughs> dynamic young man, and they began to say maybe we can let him out sooner than we had thought.
2: Ooh, okay, hell there's yeah. the first
1: yeah, <laughs> <mention. laughs> hell yeah.
0: <laughs> hell yeah.
2: Now,
1: as Hashtag I free Ed.
2: <laughs> now, as I mentioned earlier, being locked up with nothing but rapists and molesters of all sorts, and now being able to perform tests on them, yeah. Ed began to learn a very warped version of sexual education. Yeah, uh, according to Ed, from talking with the rapists about their crimes. He began to add the sexual aspect to his already homicidal fantasies. Uh, a lot of the patients basically told Ed that once they got out, they were going to re-offend again with whatever sexual crime they had committed. Sure.
0: They couldn't wait to get back out there and get they, their rocks off, just off again. Like,
2: yeah, they're just like, look, I'm a rapist. When Jesus. I get out, I'm going to rape. You know, it's uh,
0: Rape, we're going to rape, 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 rape.
2: Uh, So, again, according to Ed, the notion of not leaving any witnesses alive was the only way for him to be able to fulfill his fantasies. Mm. That is one of the main things he Mm. learned, is these dipshits keep getting caught because they leave witnesses. So, yeah. Also, Ed claims that he was approached by some of the older patients who proposed him for homosexual acts, which he was apparently repulsed by, but... Apparently was fairly common at this state hospital. Uh, one
0: Specifically, this one.
2: Uh, I'm sure it's all of them. Yeah. But, uh, one time, Ed walked in on two men engaging in sodomy in the chapel during a sermon.
0: Whoa! Is that ch- church-approved activities? That's in. That's that's the that's some horny shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Like you are a horny devil.
2: Look if. You know what? You got to get it on. You got to do it when you can do it. Jeez. That's what I say. So, now an ironic thing was after murdering his grandparents, Ed had decided to convert to Christianity and dove headfirst into the Bible. Apparently, mm. <laughs> in
1: the beginning,
2: he said he loved the fucking Bible. Now, apparently from reading the Bible, he believed he was going to be punished for his sins. Mm. And would have reoccurring dreams about his grandparents destroying him. Do you think that's like a weird guilt in his mind?
0: Yes, like I you absolutely keep, you do keep think
2: having that. these crazy nightmares about your grandparents killing you that, or whatever? Uh,
0: yeah, yes. I think that that is, uh, that is hard <laughs> guilt that he's trying to deal with.
2: Okay, now this is where Jordan's expertise is going to come into here. Right. So, interestingly, one figure who Ed would identify with from the Bible... Was a prophet named Job. 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 <laughs> is
1: it Job? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cody, you went to Catholic school. I don't.
2: I didn't remember Job like at all. Uh, he's the central figure in the Book of Job in the yeah, Bible. Yeah, he had a hard
0: time. He, he did. God didn't treat Job well, no whatsoever. So no.
2: is that, is that why Ed identifies with him? You think? I, I believe so. <laughs> Jordan, why don't you read the Wikipedia entry about Job?
1: Job is presented as a good and prosperous family man who is beset by Satan with God's (laughs) permission with horrendous disasters that take away all that he holds (laughs) dear, including his offspring, his health, and his property. He struggles to understand his situation and begins a search for the answers to his difficulties. And that's why he's God's most special prophet. Okay. Because God, like,
0: let the devil go roughshod on him, (laughs) and he still didn't, like, he still didn't renounce his faith. Hey, maybe
2: this... Maybe Ed did see Satan in his furnace. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Hey, maybe
0: God let Satan go roughshod it, on It's the new version of the burning bush. The great prophet Ed.
2: <laughs> did I ever tell the story of my dad's ex-boss and the uh, his furnace? Nope. Where he... So, it had a tiny leak. He was an older man, and he didn't know it was leaking carbon dioxide or whatever in his house. And... He he kept telling everybody all these goddamn goblins are coming out of my furnace. Well, he had poisoning and he was hallucinating so bad, and he thought goblins were coming out of the furnace attacking him.
0: Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow, man!
2: Yeah, he's he. They fixed it. and He was fine. Hey, at
0: least his so, brain knew that the furnace was where the problems <laughs> were coming from. I mean, yeah, that it, he like he like put a. Have you seen? Have you read that thing where the guy? was leaving notes to himself and couldn't remember anything because he was having Lemento? carbon monoxide poisoning every oh, night. Oh, no, no, no. So you would, like, wake up and there would be notes and, like, broken shit everywhere because no. he would just get poisoned out of his brain. Put put a
2: goddamn CO2 detector in your house. And while well, we're at it, get a radon detector. Yes. Too. We have, like, two or three of them in this house. So, yeah. anyway. So, finally, in 1969, Ed would be, be deemed to be safe to begin making his return into normal society. That's after like
0: five years
2: or something? Uh, He had spent five years of his life at a Tascadero State Hospital and was about to return into a world that had changed quite a bit. Ed liked to refer to himself as...
0: An old fogey. (laughs) At 20 years old. Was
2: there like a... Was there like hippie shit going on by now? Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about Santa Cruz and all that in just oh, a second. Oh my! So, yeah, take me back to my hate Ashbury days. <laughs> <laughs> now, after his release from Atascadero, he would be par- he would be paroled into the custody of California Youth Authority. While in their custody. He was to be sent to a halfway house to try to ease him back into society. Mm. And actually, this was fairly good for him. They tried to set him up with a job. He enrolled in a local community college where at this point he was getting
1: straight A's. Wow. <laughs> it looks like the future is really uh, looking up for young yes. Ed. Things I'm, are going great. I'm
2: guessing you guys can figure out what's going to change in a no idea. Now, while he was still at the hospital, in their group therapy sessions, they tried to teach the offenders how to create a good relationship with the opposite sex, and the halfway house he was staying at some nights had set up uh, a few social gatherings to kind oh. of mix him together. Help people. Right. Which would have been the perfect opportunity for a person like that to try to learn how to properly communicate with women Ever having missed that crucial part of his teenage years. Yeah. I mean
0: high school is not for learning. No. It's for learning how to interact with girls and other people. I, I think yeah. you
2: got to learn how uh learn basically the opposite sex or the same sex whatever if you're gay or whatever uh how they turn you down or whatever. You yep. know what I'm saying? Get rejected yep. quite a bit.
0: And how to like behave around them and realize that they're just humans too
2: yes exactly now the hospital informed the california youth authority they needed to follow one explicit request for ed's release that was for ed to never be released into the custody of his mother wow so after just three months of living in this halfway house The California Youth Authority (laughs) did exactly what they were not supposed to do. And Ed, like we said, Ed, was very aware of the hospital's warning, but later said this.
0: Family ties were very close. That's not a good excuse, Ed.
2: You're not supposed to be around your mother.
0: No, she is The hospital can even see that she's going to turn you into a serial killer.
2: This is the trigger, your fucking mother. But... An interesting thing is Clarnell had been supporting Ed the entire time he was at the mental hospital while his father had basically cut off ties completely with Ed. Now, while Ed was locked away, Clarnell's third marriage had dissolved and the family had packed up and moved to Santa Cruz, California. There, Clarnell was hired by the University of California's Santa Cruz branch, UC had, Santa Cruz, which had just opened up. Now, is this Cal, University of California? Is that Cal? Cal? I like, or yeah. well, is
0: Cal Tech? But that's that's not this one.
2: No, like there's a college football yeah. team called Cal. Yeah, is that Cal, the Univ- That's where
0: Aaron Rodgers oh. played. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah,
2: yeah. the University of California? Yes. Yeah, okay. Was it the Cal Bears or yes. Cal Bruins Cal Bears? anyway? Here, she was hired as a secretary, but being that Clarnell was such an intelligent, hard-working lady, she got promoted to administrative assistant to the provost of the college. Wow.
3: Apparently,
2: <laughs> apparently... Allegedly. She had gotten her drinking under control, for now at least. Publicly. <laughs> and took the job, uh, took to this job quite well. She also made loads of new friends, Ooh. which included Ooh. one who will become very important much later in this story, Sarah Hallett or Sally,
0: as they called her. Oh, that kind of that's kind of funny. <laughs> like taking her first name and her second name and combining yeah. and- them.
2: Oh, I was trying to figure out, why were they calling her Sally? And now, okay, you cleared that all up. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest child, uh, Aline Aileen, was still living with Clarnell at this point when Ed was about to return to their lives. Now, an interesting note about Santa Cruz around this time is that it had experienced a huge change over the last de- decade. The hippie movement... Was in full force. Yeah, man. You'd see people wearing clothing made out of homespun, how do you say this? Lindsey Woolsey? Lindsey Woolsey fabric. Like drug rugs? I
0: guess. Yeah.
2: They wrote poetry, conversed gently with houseplants. <laughs> like baked- Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. <that happening. laughs> uh, baked whole kernel bread, and of course... Involved themselves in free love and the drug culture. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. Stay (laughs) loose, bro. Hang it. I don't know what they say.
2: Now, Ed mentioned later on that after emerging from the state hospital, how much the world had changed over the past five years, particularly in California. Ed wasn't particularly a fan of the hippies, and his biggest complaint about them Was there disrespect for law enforcement? That's right,
0: because he's a fucking Melvin, and he loves cops.
2: Isn't it weird that a convicted murderer holds the law at such a high regard?
0: Uh, It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
2: But it does make sense that he he could be considered very conservative at the time, and and obviously the hippies were very liberal or whatever. I mean, that's why he
0: calls himself an old fogey. Yeah,
2: Yeah. at
0: 20 years old. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Now, another thing that was interesting about Santa Cruz in 1969 was the huge influx of college students because the college had just opened up. Traveling around. Now, traveling around became a little bit of a problem. Public transportation basically didn't exist yet. Uh, having your own automobile was discouraged. Bicycling was exceedingly difficult because of all the long, steep hills. Mm -hmm. So, hitchhiking became such a normal uh thing for people to do and as we will hear much later on a very dangerous activity
0: man yeah, it's fine that must have been just like if you uh, wanted to kill kids that was the perfect time. could you
2: could you even imagine getting in the car with a
0: stranger today no or no. letting a stranger in my car oh <laughs> fuck no there was no. a lady like a like i hate to say this word but she was like a like a beat up old beat up lady, right? She was. She looked bad. Yeah. And I had rough. seen her about town before, and I saw her down at Super USA, and she's like, "Hey, can you give me a ride to Poplar?" Which was like two blocks down, and I was no. like, "Nah, not gonna happen. <laughs> You're not getting in here. You You're weirdo. gonna.
2: You could have been her skin suit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Either
2: way, Ed moved back into his mother's home. Now, Clarnell lived in a cluster of duplexes located in the suburb of Aptos. I think that's how you say it. All right. Uh, Her unit number was 609A and was painted green. Isn't that sexy? Yeah. (laughs) Almost immediately upon Ed moving in, the fighting started. So much so, the neighbors took notice of the late-night commotion coming from next door. Ed had to explain... To his 21-year-old neighbor,
0: neighbor girl named Carla, he said this. We like to get things out in the open. <laughs> My mother and I are really very close, and we know these fights don't mean anything. Uh, that's not healthy, yet. Have you ever heard of uh, silent seduction?
2: No. It sounds like a fucking Cinemax uh, softcore porn.
0: Yeah, I mean, so is, <laughs> so is what it is. But it's like the mother latches on to a male children... And then basically has an unwitting romantic, like, romantic relationship with them. Wait, But not you... actually romantic. So
2: you think Clarnell might have, like, some weird sexual thing for Ed?
0: Yeah. Or she's like... Yeah. she Look up silent seduction when you get a chance. Mm. It's very... It's weird.
2: Really? Hmm. Well, uh, I forgot to mention this. I've heard... That they believe Clarnell uh, suffered from bipolar disorder.
0: That's not that's not easy. So
2: uh, that's why they think she was so like hot and cold. Okay, um, but we don't know obviously for certain.
0: Yeah, well, it's gonna be it will be tough to interview her. <laughs> right. Ed also said this later on. My mother and I started writing on horrendous battles, just horrible battles, violent and vicious. I've never been in such a vicious verbal battle with anyone. It would go to fists with a man. But this was my mother, and I couldn't stand the thought of my mother and I doing these things. She insisted on it, and just over stupid things. I remember one roof raiser was whether I should have my teeth cleaned.
1: (laughs) A roof (laughs) (laughs) raiser?
2: What does that even mean? I need my teeth cleaned?
0: What the fuck does that mean? I won't go get my teeth cleaned, Mom. (laughs) Uh, Ed also said this. With my Atascadero learning, I kept trying to push her toward where she would be a nice, motherly type and quit being such a damned manipulating, controlling, vicious beast. She was Mrs. Wonderful up on the campus, had everything under control. When she comes home, she lets everything down, and she's just a pure bitch. Bust her butt being super nice at work, and come up and come home at night and be a shit. <laughs> So,
2: uh, what do you guys think? I feel like he doesn't like his mom very much. Uh,
1: I think he loves her. <laughs> I
0: think he does, too. And that's <laughs> that might be part of his problem. Uh, he loves her too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I am not certain the exact timeline of the following events, but I believe they transpired shortly after his release from the state hospital. It is known that after Ed got out, one of the very first things he did was purchase himself a motorcycle. <laughs> Fucking badass. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't think he's a Harley man. Mm. Do you think it was like a cheap Triumph. Honda or nope. like a Yamaha, like a street bike? I don't know. Probably a Kawasaki. <laughs>
0: Honda
1: Goldwing.
2: It appears that... I don't think they
1: had Goldwings back then. <laughs>
0: Maybe not, actually.
1: Mm. I, I just I envision those like,
2: those like like those shitty little trail bike, road bike thingies. Mm. Yeah. Either way, uh it appears that he purchased said motorcycle because he desperately wanted to become a police officer. He would first apply for the California State Patrol, but was denied. Not because of being a convicted murderer, of course, but because he was deemed to be too tall. What? The uh the limit was six two. What? And he was six nine. So, he was denied. He then applied for the... Why is there a height limit on... I can't... I can't... I should have looked this up. I doubt there's a height limit now, right? Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, you could discriminate back in 1969, I guess. Truth. Uh, He also tried for the local PD, but again, he
0: was just too fucking tall. Maybe they didn't make the pants big enough back then.
2: I mean, as we're going to learn in a second here, maybe tall people aren't meant for motorcycles. I see. (laughs) I (laughs) see. Now why this is important is because after a tussle with his mother uh he would head for his favorite local watering hole filled to the brim with off duty police officers called the jury room Oh, oh god So it's a cop bar then Oh yes yeah. he he uh and in the bar, the cops would refer to him as Big Ed. Yeah, well,
0: cops uh, aren't very smart, and it, he's big and his name's Ed.
2: Dude, <laughs> when I saw a picture of what the jury room looked like at this time, it literally looks like fucking some run-down, run hole-in-the-wall bar like uh, Hell in South yeah. St. Ball. Hell yeah, just, like Celts. It, it has the same sign like Celts. <clears throat> just Perfect. that generic sign on there. I love it. <laughs> so Ed figured since he couldn't become a police officer... He might as well get as close to them as he could, a police groupie as you will. Apparently that's what they
0: call them. I call them bootlickers. Oh, is yep. that what it is? Yeah. Bootlickers.
2: Boot <laughs> uh, he enjoyed conversing with them about the merits of guns and bullets. <laughs> and uh, he loves guns, by the way. And being able to hear all the juiciest details about their cases. Oh, I
0: suppose, especially when they're liquored up a little bit, they'll <laughs> they will tell you anything.
2: To be fair, I... if. If I knew a cop I would love to hear those stories. Truly. Too. So because uh, uh, my doctor friend I love hearing her stories so I'd love to hear the uh, police stories as well. Now later on one officer would talk to Ed, who would talk to Ed regularly at the bar would recall one day Ed had confided in him that he had recently became engaged and Ed commented that a
0: man would be a fool to marry a woman smarter than himself
2: not nice ed
0: misogyny ed wow
2: (laughs) so unfortunately ed would never marry this girl now not much is really known about this girl outside of uh, you wouldn't
0: know her (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she's she, from a different town. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what he said. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, she
2: was. Uh, she was from a central valley town. <laughs> she was small. She was blonde. She was young, and she was immature. I mean,
1: listen, they're really narrowing it down for us. That reminds that, that reminds me of Lisberger's five foot two oh, double D's. God,
2: don't ever bring him up. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Ed would later come to say that he worshipped this girl in almost a almost religious way, but had never once engaged in sexual intercourse with her. Put her
0: up on a pedestal, worshipped her, but couldn't.
2: Does it, okay. This to me, to me, this sounds exactly like someone would if they've literally never had a romantic relationship yeah. before. Yeah,
0: yeah. This Maybe. is like they've seen movies and TV mm-hmm. about being in love and stuff, and this is what they. And they're too intimidated to like <clears throat> be. What's the word?
2: Uh, intimate. intimate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this is a part of a story that I read in the book that I'd never heard before. Um, whether this girl actually exists or not, we don't know. Okay. But, uh Now later on, uh, Ed would claim that he had only had normal sexual intercourse one time. And this woman rejected him when he was, he approached her for a second time. Is oh. it
1: because he's swinging too big of a hog? <laughs>
2: Actually, uh, in his confessions, it literally says in the trial transcri- uh, transcripts that he's ashamed of his small penis. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, but Ed also claimed that he had attempted intercourse with women, but was never able to reach climax.
0: Couldn't get out of it his own head enough.
2: Maybe well, that or maybe he just he can't get off that way. Yep. Maybe he needs violence and all of that, so now perhaps because of this or other events, what little confidence Ed had when he got out of Atascadero upon returning to his mother had faded away pretty fast. Mm. Uh he began to view himself as an ugly, unattractive fellow. He particularly hated that his mother was trying to set him up with girls. From the college that he considered to be awkward and ugly, Mm. which was exactly how he viewed his mother, almost as if his mother was trying to find a girl exactly like she was, or that his mother thought that he was not worthy of anybody more attractive. Uh, Ed said this.
0: The hassle with my mother made me very inadequate around women, because they posed a threat to me. Inside, I blew them up very large. You know, the little games women play. I couldn't play. Meet their demands, so I backslid. Mm. Now This is uh, ridiculous, okay? This is... So it- maybe his mom wasn't doing it out of hatred or malice, but was actually just trying to find him a girl that reminded her of her. Mm. Because they say be. men marry their mother, right? Oh,
2: absolutely. Well, yeah. we've seen it from his father.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's right. We talked about this.
2: Here's the other thing. He he sounds like that typical guy who's like, well, oh, I wouldn't date her. She's a fat pig or yeah. something. When like, you're kind of an ugly-ass motherfucker, right. too. Like,
0: like you're a shallow-ass, yeah. weird, ugly dude.
2: He could have met a girl who is just as weird as he was True. and lived happily. Who True. knows? Either way. Now, with Ed being unable to follow his dream job of becoming a police officer... He started uh, taking a laborer's job at the Green Giant Farms in nearby Watsonville. Hey. <laughs> Is he the new spokesman? <laughs>
0: I don't oh know. my gosh! They could go put him in the field down in uh, Seur.
2: dude. What if he was like the mascot for him, dude? He just wore the costume. That'd be sweet. So he worked here for a while before finally following in his father's footsteps and took a job with the California Division of Highways. No. Oh. Now, after this new job, he was finally able to save up enough money to move out of his mother's house. Nice. He moved into an apartment with a male friend in the town of uh, Alameda, but Ed claimed that his mother was still constantly trying to interfere with his affairs, constantly calling him up and wanting to come over to visit. Uh, just leave him alone.
0: Overbearing mother.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, now with that motorcycle that Ed had purchased earlier, it seems he perhaps wasn't very well suited for driving it around because <laughs> he ended up crashing it <laughs> twice. Uh, the first crash was around when he first came out uh, came to own it, which he sustained a head injury.
0: Not good for somebody that's a killer. No.
2: The uh, second time he crashed it, in which is around the time period we're talking about right now, he broke. He had broken his left arm, uh, which would force his job to put him on recu- recuperation
0: leave. You can't fix uh, highways if you got a busted arm.
2: And as we're going to find out, he uh, he kills people with the cast on.
0: Ah. Uh, so
2: that'll come and be more important in part two. Uh, but uh, keep that in mind. Now, he has a cast on the whole fucking time.
0: It just from this. From, from this, this accident. Correct. Holy cow. So d- he okay, I'm um, what I'm going to say is he must have done all this in a pretty quick time frame then.
2: Oh yeah. Uh right. he murders when we're going to talk about he murders the women within about a span of a year and a half. Okay. So he's really every 4 months about. So All right. Anyway, uh now why this is so important is because in said accidents it appears he was hit by other motorists so he would receive some settlement money which seemed to be around $16,000 uh at least for the second accident. Nice. Uh with this money he would purchase a 1969 oh. hardtop Two door Ford Galaxy. That's a
1: fucking hot whip. Beautiful. uh,
2: I actually think (laughs) American Muscle. This is the car my dad has. I think either it's a '68 or a
0: '69. How come all dads have a '68 or '69 Ford Galaxy? Those are are like the best years for a lot of cars. I went up to Duluth to buff somebody's dad's '68 Ford Ford Galaxy. My dad uh, had a Mercury Comet. That, a there lot, you
2: go. A lot of those years, those were like the best cars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the
0: Fairway, too. Was, uh, or the Fairlane. Fair lane. Fair
2: lane. That's what I used
1: to drive Fairlane 500? Or I had was it the Galaxy 500? Galaxy no, 500. Yeah. I,
2: I had a 60, 62 four-door uh, Fairlane. Beautiful.
1: Yeah.
3: What Ooh.
2: happened to it? I sold it to my dad, and then he turned it into like a Barney Fife cop car. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he still has it. That's fucking awesome. Now, in this car, he installed a radio transmitter with a microphone on the dashboard, (laughs) and on the outside, he had one of those large attention-getting whip antennas. Mm -hmm. So, he's
1: trying to make a cop car. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, With the leftover money, he invested in his other favorite items.
0: Guns and knives. Ooh. Sixteen wrecks worth of guns, knives, <laughs> and cars, huh? Fuck
2: yeah. I don't know how much the car was. The car but... was probably
0: like five grand. Yeah. yeah. Four four thousand nine ninety
2: nine. It's uh it's his it's his kill car, I'll tell you that okay. much right now. Uh, so
0: it's a fucking nice car.
2: Uh one knife in particular he liked uh was called the General, and Lame. he made sure to keep it extra razor sharp. What a lame-o. Now, guns were a little trickier because of that whole background check thing. Uh, So, at first, he borrowed a gun from his former boss. (laughs) Sure, Ed. (laughs) Uh, Now, keep in mind, for what Ed is about to start doing, he is only 23 years old, which means he had been out of the state hospital for three years before Mm. the chaos starts.
0: Already, it took that short amount of time to undo Mm. five years of good work. And it's all because Clarnell got him.
2: I mean, I I hate blaming her because she's obviously become the victim, but think about this. Lived with his grandparents, he was doing good, went back to his mother's, reverted, uh, got out of the hospital, he was going to college, all that, went to his mother. Straight A's. Reverted. Mm -hmm. If only he would have listened to the goddamn hospital's orders.
0: I can't believe how right they were for the 60s. (laughs) Like, usually it's like, let's just zap their heads off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: this was about when Ed decided to start cruising the highways and streets picking up hitchhikers. Uh, he began by just simply approaching a girl looking to hitchhike and ask where they were going. Surprisingly, according to Ed, because of his size, glasses, and demeanor, at first they were very hesitant to even get into the car because according to him, he, he looked just a little too square.
0: Uh. They don't
2: trust squares. Uh. Hippies think squares mean danger. Yeah. So, Now, a huge, huge reason why Ed began this was simply to try to learn how to talk to girls, how to get to know them. He was like yeah. his way of dating, I guess. I don't Speed know.
0: Speed dating. <laughs> Captive audience dating.
2: So, most evenings, and certainly every single weekend, Ed would be just cruising around, headed south along Coast Highway 1 to Santa Barbara, Mm. north to the Oregon border on Highway 101, or New International 5 or 580 east out of Oakland, or Old Route 99 down from Central Valley. But most of the time, he just stuck around Berkeley and Santa Cruz. So, keep in mind, he knows... Everywhere. He knows these locations. He knows where he's going,
0: right? Yeah. And uh Berkeley and Santa Cruz probably got some pretty, pretty ladies oh, walking around. Oh, yeah.
2: Brand new college. Oh. Co-eds everywhere. Oh.
0: So he just
2: continuously was perfecting his craft, making sure he could basically convince anybody just to hop in the car.
0: I think if he got rid of the glasses and his, like, Mo Howard haircut, <laughs> they wouldn't think he's such a yuppie. And it's they true. might get in his car a little easier.
2: Um... Did they have contacts back then? I don't think they did, right? They, Not
0: for
1: those eyes. That's for sure. They probably had hard contacts.
2: Oh, that's some painful. Oh, dude! I was reading this uh, this Reddit thing yesterday. It was like, "What has caused you as a man to leave a date immediately?" Mm. And this one guy was like, "Yeah, this girl told me I should quit wearing those dumb colored contacts." He's like, "Oh, I have a I have a some disorder that like discolors my eyes, uh-huh. so I wear colored contacts." What a bitch! Wow. Yeah, that's fucking rude. Anyway, uh, this is when his dark fantasies started to evolve. He started to put a heavy velveteen blanket in the back seat, bought some heavy plastic garbage bags, started to keep his knives and guns inside of the car.
0: Just pushing the boundaries. Right.
2: He j- He's getting a weird pleasure out of having the weapons in there, and his passengers didn't yeah. know that they had them. Yeah. It's kind of a... Like, we've, we've said, slow escalation.
0: He's like, a, this is like weird voyeur stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Have you ever watched that documentary on Netflix?
0: Voyeur? The Voyeur. Uh-uh. So
2: creepy, man. Uh-oh. He has a hotel with little, like, spy windows, Uh-oh. and he's watching it. Oh, so creepy. Anyway, Ed started to wear only dark clothing on the nights he was cruising around to help conceal his appearance. Then he started to look over the car and see what he could remove... To make sure it wasn't bringing any unnecessary attention to the vehicle, such as taking off that fucking antenna. Uh, he fixed the passenger side door lock so that he could slip a chapstick tube into the slot while pretending to lock it, wow. which would make it impossible for the victim to open the door because it was one of those, like, pull handles. And then the the lock pops
0: out as you pull the handle, mm-hmm. right?
2: Can't get it. Unfortunately, because he had been in a fender bender, the car had been smashed uh, in the right rear fender and damaged the tail light. This dude should not be driving any sort of motorized uh, transportation. He crashes motorcycles, tra- crashes fucking cars. Uh, but he had kind of like... He calls it Mickey Mouse fixing his taillight. (laughs) There's a a lot worse names uh, for that. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, but uh, that's how he fixed the taillight. He Mickey Mouse fixed the I like it, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, Ed claims from the years 1970 to 1971, he had estimated that he had picked up around 150 girls, Uh, obviously he had never killed any of them yet.
0: Good self-restraint, good (laughs) self-restraint.
2: Ed said this.
0: I had fantasies about mass murder. Whole groups of select women I could get together in one place. Get them dead and then make mad passionate love to their dead corpses. Whoa.
3: Ooh.
2: Uh, Like we, in his 80s interview video, he always says... He'd put a weapon in there, and he kept telling himself, I can't do this. I can't go through with this. But then he slowly is like, I got to do it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? kind of yes. convince himself Now to I do have it.
0: to do it. Yeah. Or else I'm a baby.
2: <laughs> uh, finally, Ed was about to cross over into the once again making his fantasies into a grim reality. <sighs> the date was Sunday, May 7th, 1972. Ed was wearing his kill clothing once again on this day, which included dark jeans, a tan checkered shirt, his tan buckskin jacket, which sometimes included his Junior Chamber of of Commerce lapel (laughs) pin. And he was was out cruising along University Avenue in Berkeley. Now, the interesting thing is, in the book, he claims that what set him off with his apples is he saw a a couple of hitchhikers making out. And it set him mm. off, but a lot of times it's a fight with the mother that sets him off, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm. Hmm. Maybe he was jealous of him. I don't That's know. That's what it seems. So Ed later mentioned on this day, uh, it had been an abnormally high amount of people with their thumbs out. It was around 4 p.m. when Ed came along, 18-year-old Fresno State College student Mary Ann Pesky and her 18-year-old roommate Anita Luchessa, Ed said...
0: I picked up two girls on Ashby Avenue, which is also Highway 13 in Berkeley, who were carrying a sign which said they wanted to go to Stanford. I asked them a few questions and determined to my satisfaction that they were not familiar with the area. Without pressing too hard and doing a few loopy loops around freeways (laughs) and bypasses, I managed to think up some method for following through with this act with the least amount of jeopardy to me.
2: So, keep in mind, this seems to be his trick. He picks people up. And then he acts like he doesn't know where he's going, keeps going around the fucking exiting Mm. loop. So that's like his game. Uh, So what Ed did was stop for gas and Alameda uh, went into the bathroom with a map in hand and tried to figure out where he was actually going to take them. Ed then returned to the car and proceeded to head to Livermore, a small town whose claim to fame was the University of California's Radiation Research Laboratory. All right. Hell okay. yes, Let's Livermore. Go. So Ed mentioned while driving here that the girls were impressed by his radio <laughs> transmis- transmitter and thought he had to be a secret agent or something, Ooh. but Ed reassured them that he certainly was not a policeman Too or a tall. government agent <laughs> or anything. It's funny, he takes himself so seriously, he can't even pretend to be someone in authority. I know, Idiot. I know.
0: So, Ed said this later. So, even trying to communicate with the girls before this happened, just casually, I felt like a big bumble. Yes! Day. Yes!
1: Oh, <gasps> uh,
0: yeah. And I think it's just an overage teenager trying to fit in. They were both 18 at the time, I think, and I was 23. Which isn't that much of a gap, but it was just like a million years.
2: We did it, boys. We finally got the goddamn quote in the episode. Yes! Ah, fo-
0: oh, that's
1: so good. <laughs>
2: he only says it one time. That's so the good. The whole story, but it's so good. I'm
1: fucking leaving. We're done. <laughs> uh,
2: either way, Ed was looking for a remote cul-de-sac, and he soon found one. Now he had a Browning automatic nine millimeter under the seat, and claimed he had to force himself to pull out the gun. I don't know if this is true. or I not. I mean, where
0: is he getting a fully auto? Oh, uh, that's just what they're called. It's a semi-auto. They
2: oh. well, I, I, yeah, that you're probably right. A lot of he has a lot of different guns throughout the story, and they always have the word automatic in them. Yeah, that's so, a. It,
0: I don't know why they do that. Because uh, it's not a 60, repeater, I guess. Sixty seventy logic. Hmm. Yeah. Why not? So Ed said this. I was scared and kept telling myself I didn't really want to do it. But I was determined. I was very frustrated because it was like a game to me. Up to that point, it always had been. It was a big adventure, a big thrill. But I never permitted myself to follow through and take a chance on getting in serious trouble. I mean, avoid the possibility of rape. (sighs)
2: So Ed pulled out his gun. One of the girls then asked him,
1: What do you want?
2: He aimed the gun directly at her and said,
0: You know what I want. Oof.
2: Now, Marianne, who's in the front seat, keep in mind, according to Ed, kind of assumed command over the situation and tried to sympathize with him. Uh, she told him she knew he had problems and was open, open to talking with him about them if he had wanted. Uh, she was obviously trying to defuse the situation, but in Ed's mind the fact that she didn't seem to be afraid of either him or his gun made him even more frustrated. Yes. Weird power dynamic with him. His
0: ego, his frail ego.
2: Right. He's just like, you need to be afraid of this fucking gun. Like,
0: I'm a huge bastard and I have a
2: gun. Why aren't you afraid?
0: Why are you trying to be calm right
2: now? Like, honestly, though, she is doing, like, I think something not a lot of people would do, where they're just, like, trying to defuse the situation so either way but ed did mention of all of his victims marianne had struck him in a way by trying to show compassion that would really stick with him he always remembers her trying to be nice to him Mm -hmm. but ed at this point had gone way too far to turn back Mm -hmm. ed then told one of the girls uh they would have to get into the trunk so he wouldn't have to keep an eye on her while the other one would remain in the back seat while they all drove to his apartment in Alameda. That's always his excuse, that he's going to be... Just going back
0: to the apartment. Just
2: going back to the apartment, that's it. Right. He then forced Anita to get into the trunk and warned her to not fiddle with the taillight or try to yell for help. Well, hey...
0: Don't point <laughs> attention to that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's like, I, I heard a story from somebody that I can't mention, but they were like robbing somebody at a light. Ooh. And then uh, as they were driving away, one of them shouts out the window, and don't even think about looking at our license plate. It's like, well, what do you do? Why would you fucking say that?
2: <laughs> well, I assume Ed's taillight at this point just has a Mickey Mouse sticker on
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch that Mickey Mouse sticker <laughs> The bibs are perfectly placed so that the light comes through red.
2: (laughs) His eyes illuminate Mm -hmm. in there. (laughs) Now, after Anita was in the trunk, he returned to Marianne and handcuffed her and placed a plastic bag over her head. Now, this is when the infamous moment occurred when Ed accidentally brushed her breast while handcuffing her. Ed said, Whoops, sorry. See, very Midwestern (laughs) right there. (laughs) Uh and he began to blush because he was so embarrassed. Uh he had the idea of suffocating her after he had tied a terry cloth robe uh over her around her neck, but in the process of tying it, he had snapped it in two. Mm. So he then pulled out his knife and, and proceeded to repeatedly stab her in the back. Mm. Now Ed claims that he was attempting to search for where her heart should be located when stabbing her, but obviously that's not gonna work. No. Uh Marianne was screaming and fighting as anybody would. When she flipped over over, Ed continued to stab her in the stomach and lung area until she fell down in the back seat and then Ed slit her throat. <sighs> Ooh. Jesus. It's gonna. I'm telling you, Jordan, this is, episode 3 is going to be all of this. Hell anyway, yeah. No, that's not a hell yeah. <laughs> hell <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed then opened the trunk and Anita asked what happened. Ed claimed that Marianne had gotten smart with him and he had broken her nose and she ought to go check on her friend. When Anita was beginning to get out of the trunk, Ed immediately began to stab her. Only problem was that his knife couldn't penetrate her overalls which ed claims Ana- anita still didn't even realize what ed was trying to do wow apparently these are the wow. tough, the toughest oshkosh bagashes i've <sighs> ever heard of in no my kidding life. uh so anita when she realized what was going on fell back into the trunk anita was trying to fight him off while ed was stabbing her he was trying to slit her throat but he accidentally stabbed himself in the hand, but wouldn't even realize it until after the entire event was over. Anita had placed her hands over her neck, trying to block his stabbing. And Ed claims that he was just stabbing right through her, through her hands. Ugh. Oh, so Ugh. the
1: knife can get through hands Ugh. with bone, but not overalls. I Hey, have you ever wore
2: overalls? They're yeah. tough. You ever seen a farmer get shot when he has armor on? All- uh, overalls on. <laughs> well, you put overalls and armor all over it, and you're impenetrable to everything.
1: <laughs> they say it's just for making cars shiny, but I've oh. noticed <laughs> it helps deflect bullets. Yeah, that's an armor buff.
2: <clears throat> so, he continued to stab her over and over and over. He had stabbed her so many times, it was enough to expose the bone in her arm and punctured right through her left eye socket. Fuck! But Yeah, finally, Anita would succumb to her injuries. Now, this is one of the uh, parts of the story where there's a few different accounts, where he changes his story a little Mm -hmm, bit. mm -hmm. Now, firstly, um, this is where you guys have probably all heard the famous, when you stab somebody, they don't just die, they leak to death.
0: Yeah, he thought it would be quicker, right?
2: Right, that was with these two uh, girls here. The second part is that Ed claims after he committed the murders, he was in such a frenzy that he slammed the trunk and he thought he had lost his keys or he locked them in the trunk. Mm -hmm. So he started to run off. And when he finally, his adrenaline came down, he realized that his keys were just in his back pocket. Had you heard that story before? Never. Okay. So that's a story that was added after the fact. So keep that in mind. Jesus. Either way, Ed slammed the trunk with Anita's body inside. He moved Marianne's body down in the floorboards of the back seat, covering it with his uh, old leather jacket, and drove home. Ed said,
0: "I jumped in the car and was sweating very heavily, and there was blood splattered here and there on my hands, which I had to keep concealed. But I drove out the area. But I drove out of the area." Very close by, right down the main road, were two couples looking at property. They looked rather disgruntled as I went by. I tried to look nonchalant.
2: If only those two people looking at a house realized what just happened.
0: (sighs) They would look disgusted for a very different reason. I think so.
2: Now, here's another part of the story where Ed adds after the fact. He claims that uh, the bodies were both in the trunk and he got pulled over Mm -hmm. on his way home. What? And the cop, he's like, I, he, he pulled him over for the taillight, right? And Ed claims that the cop asked that uh, to search or something. He's like, oh, sure, go ahead. Like, cl- like thinking that if he did that, the cop would be like, oh, this guy's fine. But Ed claims in his head he was going to blow his head off if he did
0: that. Oh.
2: So, but there's no... The cop who allegedly pulled him over, there's no witness account from his end. Right. So I think that might be just well, an be added a bullshit.
0: child. Always.
2: That's what I'm saying. That's why I think this is just an added bullshit story. Yeah. yeah. To make it seem like, oh, he's so clever. He got away from the fucking cops. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Like when What's His Name. Were we talking about that on this show? When What's His Name said he got shot at in a helicopter? Who? Uh, Brian, uh, Tiger King? Brian Williams. No, the reporter. He was like, yeah, we took enemy fire going over Iraq. Oh, and then it was like, yeah. there are no reports of that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nowhere. Uh,
2: <sighs> some Sometimes people just want to kind of grandize their uh, fucking story. Like yeah. glory chasing. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I th- I think this is one one here. Anyway, so he headed to his apartment. When he approached his apartment, he first went upstairs upstairs washed all the blood off, and bandaged the cut-up on his arm. Mm. He then drove around for a while, stopping at a few stores to make purchases. Uh, Ed remembers not even checking the trunk at this point to make sure Anita was actually dead, but as we know later on, she certainly was. I mean,
0: he punctured her eye socket with a knife, so I think...
2: I, I think, think in dead. his mind, he's he's just in such a daze of what he just did uh-huh. that yeah. it's just like he doesn't know what the fuck's going
0: on. That adrenaline's probably wearing off and right. he's trying to, like, get an edge back.
2: When he finally returned home, he wrapped Marianne's body in a blanket and began to carry it up to his apartment. Now, what he didn't realize was that the bloody knife was tucked in the blanket and had fell out while he was carrying the body upstairs, (laughs) making a large clinking noise after it hit the ground. (laughs) So he ran back to the car, and it just so happened that a man who was walking into the apartment building took notice of the knife. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He asked Ed if that was his. Ed told him it was, and he quickly grabbed the fucking weapon and put it away. Not a single other question was asked.
1: Well, what are you going to do? I mean, As that guy, what are you going to do? I mean, he's 6'9". Like, what are you going to be like, Mm. what are you up to? Yeah, what are you doing with that bloody knife, sir?
2: I can only imagine that there's blood on it, right? Oh, yeah. He he stabbed the
0: fuck out of two Mm. people with it.
2: Uh, So, anyway, the man just disappeared out of sight. Uh, Ed carried both of the girls into his apartment, then proceeded to disrobe them, dismember them, and decapitate them. Hmm. He would then dispose of some of the remains uh, all around the area. Most of the time, he would bury the body in one spot, and then he would toss the heads and hands in a completely different area. Right. So uh, he would also get rid of most of their personal remains that the girls had on them. But like most serial killers, he kept a few uh, items as his trophies. Sure. Now, both of the girls' heads he did keep in the apartment for a while. An interesting thing is in the book, Zero mentioned that he had performed any necrophilia on these two bodies, but okay. again, later on, he claims that he did. So, there's that. I don't know. You can... I would assume he
0: probably did. I would think so, and maybe at first he was trying to save a little dignity yeah, by saying he, that he didn't use he, their heads as flashlights or whatever. So, uh,
2: as we're going to learn in part three, sometimes he did it with the headless body, sometimes he did it with the head. Yeah. So... And in the book, he also claims, I don't remember if it was these victims or other victims that he cut a piece of their like thigh muscle and cooked it and put it in a macaroni casserole and ate okay. it. Okay, so Can there's we...
0: always always a hint of cannibalism. Yes, yes. yeah Always.
2: I, I do think with necrophilia, like cannibalism's not far behind. Yeah, that might be the next so. yeah. progression. But anyway, um, for anybody who's familiar with the story of Ed Kemper, we've got a very long and brutal brutal road ahead of us uh, with the conclusion in part three that will come to you next week.
0: That's fantastic. Yes. Great job on part <sighs> two. That is a dark oh. middle chapter that Oh, fantastic, yes. and I know the conclusion's going to be even more raw.
2: Oh, yes. I promise, though, it'll be really raw the first half or three quarters. Then it'll kind of come back. Then we get
0: to the chuckle bucket Then we part. get to
2: make fun of him again.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, so, oh, thank Christ.
2: I know. It's a, you know what? Like I said, told you guys, told the fans, if we're going to do Ed Kemper, let's just do everything possible. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: You Let's know, put it all out there.
2: Like I said, I watched the documentaries. I don't necessarily believe uh, he's telling the truth, read the books, listened to a few other podcasts to kind of see what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And It's just kind of getting all edges we can. And I think I've come to the conclusion that he's a liar.
0: But perfect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. What an asshole. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking dick. If you want to call us an asshole, you can do so at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Now, here's the thing hmm. we got us one of them Patreon Oh Yes, we yep. do. And that's patreon.com slash bumblebuttpodcast. You can go there, join at any level. We still have shirts available in multiple sizes, so let us know if you're thirsty for one, and will
2: please do. I I literally just sent out two this week. Um, got one sent out next week, so perfect. USPS is still running, so just uh, yeah, so. uh
0: get at us. We are we live to sell. Mm. We live to sell. We we love seeing people rocking our merchandise. So. Oh fuck yeah! Do you know what my favorite thing on earth is? Um.
1: Spaghetti seeing people salad. rock our merchandise. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's yes. nice. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, now it's time for the most important part of the show. At least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews.
2: We don't have any.
0: Zero. Threats aren't
1: working. You pieces of shit. <laughs> Jordan, your threats are garbage. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to kill someone. Yes.
2: I think everybody's just sick of Apple. Uh, it's my conspiracy theory.
0: Well, is there any way to get analytics on like who thumbs up us on Spotify, <laughs> Spotify. or something?
2: I'm sure some way somehow probably <sighs> well, costs money. I'd assume.
0: Well, just thumbs up us anyway. Okay, we don't know <laughs> hit what the, the hell's follow going
2: on. hit the follow. We gotta hit the follow. That's
0: right. Oh yes, hit the follow. Mm. In these uncertain times, hit the follow. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. Give us money on Patreon. Buy a Let's shirt. Do. do email us. Do all that shit.
2: Hell yeah!
0: Uh, this one has gone long, and that's wonderful. So I'm gonna cut it short here, and we're gonna get the <laughs> frick out. Let's do it. Uh, that's going to do it for all of us here at Bum Bum, Bum Podcast. My name has been Adam. And that's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's been Storyteller Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. Have a nice weekend,
1: unless it's Tuesday. Y'all fucking kidding me with the no reviews? <laughs>